All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Uh, whoever's doing the moving around, uh, everything gets recorded, if that's you, Shannon. Uh, listeners, we have someone with us. It's Shannon Thompson. Hello. Uh, before I start in with Shannon, uh, I just want to tell Jake one thing. Jake, uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about mosquitoes and uh, what they're doing to fight the Zika virus in Brazil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, NPR just did that story a couple days ago. So once again, we beat the major news outlets with our stupid podcast. I think we should sue. I think NPR and other news outlets are hacking us. I think they listen to us, then they wait a week, then they try and, quote, break the story. That's true. Wait, where did we hear about it? I read about it in Bloomberg Business Week. It was just a small little uh, little nothing article, but we turned it into a podcast because that's what we do, goddammit. Oh, that's so much less sexy than I was hoping. I thought you just had a scientist friend that liked to mess around with mosquitoes or whatever. No. And the thing about the NPR uh, broadcast, it was just so lame because the guy was, he was doing that voice thing that I hate. He's like, I'm sitting in a van driving through a, uh, through a rainforest in Brazil. I'm surrounded by mosquitoes. Dude, just fucking talk. I'm in a van. Uh, there are mosquitoes here. It was just lame. But anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. Tonight, uh, as I gave Jake the heads up, Shannon is my friend. I've known him for about eight years now. Um, we don't need to go into details how we met. It was a comedy run. But the reason I wanted to talk to Shannon is because I've known him for eight years. And who the fuck is moving around? I, I already said I can hear it is not, it goddamn is not everything, No, there, there was my dog, man. I, I, um... Anyway, uh, Shannon is, well, maybe you can describe Shannon. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Are you, have you taken a step back from comedy or are you, because I read your manifesto online and it seems like, I'm not sure if it's a step back or if you're just taking a step away from traditional comedy, I guess, where the comedian yeah, I, begs a booker for work. I would say it's a step lateral. Okay. I'm just stepping around the mind shit. Which is basically, as we put it, clubs, bookers, or people that you have to beg, where I think all three of us probably can come up with a million stories, and we can tell them if we want, where you go to a venue, you destroy, everyone tells you, wow, that was fantastic, and then you just can never get back in there because you didn't get drunk with the owner, or you didn't get stoned with the owner, or you, you just, you know, you went back to your, to your hotel room, or for whatever reason, you know, like, right. it's, it's a buddy system more than anything else. It's it's a it's a, a good old boys club, and I'm not a good old boy. I'm uh, just me. So, well, what was the what was the straw that I think I know the story, but you can tell it without using names. We don't want to. The one thing I'm scared to do on anything is burn bridges. Plus, Jake and I have a story on this podcast where I told a story about someone just thinking that nobody listens to this fucking thing, and it was a friend of my wife's. And then, sure as shit, that's the podcast they listen to, and like, hey, you know, Nathan's talking about you, like. So, no, but what, what was the straw that broke your back? What was the thing that made you go, you know what, I'm done with this? Or was it the corporate gig in, was that it? The one where it's yeah, like, okay. Yeah, that, that was the one that, that uh, pushed me over the edge. You can tell the story, then the listeners don't know what I do. Jake doesn't know it. Okay, uh, so I'm supposed to do a Saturday night show. I get contacted by the booker. They say, could you go a day early because there's an open mic that they would like you to close uh, there's no pay, however, they'll put you up for an extra night. And me being the accommodating person that I am, I said, eh, what the hell. I'll, and I'll, I'll, weren't they going to buy you a meal too, maybe? Oh, yes. Yeah, ah, don't want to leave that meal. part out. Ah, yeah, sorry, there's always a free meal. 
And uh, so I show up there and I, I get to the club and I'm like, all right, uh, what time's the open mic start? And they're like, no, it's actually a, a private show for a bunch of dentists and uh, you're the only comic. What? How long do they want you to do? An hour and a half. Wow. I don't think I knew that part. They wanted you to do 90 goddamn minutes. Well, for an hour, an hour and a half. Well, either way, an hour, 60 minutes for free. Either way, like, just to stand... I, I, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. So, continue. So, I, I, I said, well, I was, I was told this was an open mic and not a corporate show, and uh, who... By the way, for listeners that don't know, corporate shows generally pay more, so... If you go to just a comedy, whatever, I'm just going to make numbers up. Say you go to a comedy club and they're going to pay you $300. Well, if you get hired for a corporate event, suddenly that can be $750, $1,000 because mm-hmm. the corporation or the corporate event is buying out the venue to and hiring you. It's, it's not just, you know, a, a monkey on stage where drunks show up and like, ah, let's go see comedy, fuck it. They are specifically hiring you, so it generally pays better. So That sucks, so that means the club was pocketing all that. Well, that, let's, let's let Shannon continue because there, we're, who's lying? To, but this, this happens more often than you'd think. The same booking agent once offered me a show and said, hey, if, here's the amount. Um, can you find an opener? And I said, sure, let me get back to you. Like a day later, they must have forgotten. He sent me um, uh, uh, the same email. It said, hey, can you do the show? Here's the amount. And it was so much less than he had originally offered. And I said, didn't you just send me this? Uh, is this with the opener? And he's like, oh, oh, I forgot about that. And he never really explained why the money changed. It was just, you know, like one day the money is 1500 and the next day it's 900 Well, like, that's a, there, there's never an explanation. It's no. Just, it's literally just, you know, oh, new money, we got caught. But anyway, so, so you are there with 50, 75, 100 dentists, or however many it is, ready right. to see, they're waiting to see a comedy show, and? And I said, I was under the impression this was, a, was an open mic that I was closing. Who, who dropped the ball here? Who, who didn't give me the, the correct information? He's, and he said, the club owner said, I told the booker that this was a corporate show and he said that he can get somebody and I said well that's not what he told me and I said I need to be paid for this show before I can go on stage I, I need to be I need somebody to agree to pay me for the show before I can go on stage so I called the booker and I didn't get through to him uh, I got his voicemail but he called me back pretty pretty quickly and said yes I'll take I'll make sure you're taken care of just just do the show and and not wanting to go into you know, I didn't want to like grill him about it right there, right before I walked out. Yeah, stage, ask so. your money at the moment. You just heard, right. I'll get I'm paid. Just, exactly right. So, yeah, I'm getting paid, and and so you know, I, I go on stage and I do the show, and uh, <laughs> Jake doesn't turn his phone off. I just edit gotcha. it out okay. usually, but I'll leave okay. it in now so people know that Jake never turns his phone off. Gotcha. No, yeah, yeah, I got a text. Is how do a, I wait? How do I how do I keep it from? You put it on it silence. You just you just <laughs> swipe up and then hit the the moon, which means you're oh, in sleep moon. mode. Yeah, there we go. Wait, ain't that gonna? Ain't, this is gonna sound stupid, but isn't that gonna make it to where I can't talk to you guys? No, no. That just means you won't receive incoming, or incoming doesn't make a noise. You still receive incoming, but it doesn't make a noise. Ah, there, there we go. Okay, gotcha. Jake, technology and Jake, ladies and gentlemen, Jake <laughs> and technology. I'm not good with it, man. I like that you use man at the end of every sentence, by the way. 
<laughs> so that's my get her done. Well, he also whatever you text him, whatever you text Jake, I don't know if he has it copied and pasted, but all you get in response is "Sounds good, man." Like yeah, yeah. you could literally text him, "Dude, I'm not going to make the podcast. I just got in a car accident. My wife died." Sounds good, man. Like he literally that's his stock response to everything. It's just an it's acknowledgement. Weird. I'm he like got an old guy when it comes with text. I I, I I don't like texting very much. That's why I could never do that like Tinder shit. Any of that online dating. Tinder's not texting, though. Tinder is just swiping pictures. And the thing with, with technology is... No, you is text, man. Technology makes it so you don't have to talk to you people. To, That's what makes it beautiful. Other, yeah. Like, well, after, after you both like each other, then then you message them, and then and then you, you meet up. But first day... But you're supposed to be in the same room anyway. Like, oh, I'm in this bar, you're in this bar. All right, where are you? Like, literally. No, it's, it's, it's not how... That's it, not the way it is with Tinder, man. I, I think they, they basically made it as a, a spinoff of Grindr. The gay one, right? And gay dudes, which generally all three speaking, of us are, are cooler, very just sort of with. meeting up. You know what I mean? Like, hey, nice dick, let's fuck. That, you can't really do that with straight women for the most part. Straight women on Tinder, you can though. No, That's why they're on Tinder, not, dude. Not when you sort of look like Steve Buscemi. Uh, Jake is not attractive, Shannon. Oh, gotcha. Okay. This is how the podcast goes, by the way. We go down tangents, like in the middle of a story, and just. And then sometimes we'll be 20 minutes deep and go, so anyway, 20 minutes ago we were talking about this. No, that's fine. That's that's how I always ran my podcast as well. So you do the show. Uh, it goes well. And then you know, I still have I still have the Saturday night regular show to do. Me- meanwhile, I should say that the hotel accommodations that they gave me that I was supposed to be so excited for were, were probably top five of the worst hotel accommodations I've ever been in. Which is saying a lot. I slept fully clothed with a hoodie on. Nice. And yeah, and uh, the the, uh, the meal was far from satisfactory. Yeah, I've never eaten at that venue. It just it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, Monday comes around, and I I call up or email. I don't remember which one, but I'm you know corresponding with said booking agent, and I said so. Who's paying me? And he said, "He's like, I'll, we'll pay you. We'll just, we'll just send you what our booking fee would have been for a corporate show." So, about a week later, I get a check for 150 bucks, extra bucks. On top of the Saturday night, or just on top of the Saturday, yeah. So your total pay for the weekend is just uh, that the the regular show plus 150 for a corporate, which net which normally would have been. You know, I mean, so they probably got at least a thousand and gave you one fifty. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking probably. I mean, at the very bottom end, it should have been five five six hundred dollars. Because I uh, I, uh, is, and I and I hate this because I'm a comedian, which means I'm a shitty businessman, and I've got to get better at it. But there, there's a booking agent that contacts me, and they always ask the same question, like, "Hey, I've got a corporate. Do you have this date open? Great. What would it take to get you there?" And I'm like blanking, like fuck, I don't know. And once I said uh, eight fifty would be great, and they went, it's kind of low, isn't it? And I'm like, god damn it, you know, like. Yeah. So they're automatically thinking a thousand is the basement, and so I'm undercutting myself. So now I don't. I but either way, and did you burn the bridge with that book, or did you like tell them to fuck off, or did you just, did you did you go quietly into that good night? I, I pretty much went quietly. I, I you know it was one of those things that. I've been doing it long enough to know that regardless of whatever I said... Nothing would gonna, change. No, they're just going to move on from it. And that, that's kind of when the manifesto started percolating in my head. So yeah, ShannonThompson.org, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to read it. ShannonThompson.org, it's his goodbye to the uh, 
regular world of stand-up. But, uh, well, I, I, I worked a club, and uh, the, the owner of the club was considering pulling back comedy during the lean months of the year, which is basically summer. And he told the booking agent, and he wanted to try and um, keep it going. He's like, what can we do? And he said to the booking agent, he said, your fee is one of my biggest things right now. What, what I pay you to book my club, can right. we reduce that? And the booking agent's response was, well, we'll just pay the comedians less. That's what he responded with, is we'll pay the comedians less. And the, the, to his credit, the owner said, fuck that, that's insane. Jake, stop moving. Um, I'm not moving. That was me this time. Um, Chill out. All we can... I, I, Dude, are you on your period or something? No, <laughs> it's, uh, I can't Christ. edit all this out is the point. is Every week I say I can hear fucking everything. Uh, and then I go through and I have to edit out all the little uh, noises and whatever the hell. So I was I was being accosted by my dogs. So oh. my apologies. Um, either dogs way... Dogs are shitty at podcasts, man. <laughs> you are not great podcasters. I'll give you that. Oh, mine's over there fucking sleeping like a piece of shit. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I slept all day, so now I'm tired and I need to sleep. <laughs> But anyway, that's that, that's the thought of the booking agents, and we'll pay the comics less. Now, the 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 comedy club said no, fuck that, and he's in a he's in a pickle to put it mildly because so say he pays the comics less, well then good comics say no, nah, I'm not going to do that room for that little money. Well then shitty comics will always take the work because they're because we all know shitty comics that they, the the problem is. If they have five good minutes, they think they have 30. If they have 10 good minutes, they think they have an hour. So they'll go, they'll tank, word will get out, this club sucks, the comedians aren't very good, people will stop going there, and he runs himself into the ground, and the booking agent moves on. Now, right. if, the, if the comedy club owner says, well, fuck you, I know all these comics, I've been doing this for years, I have all their contact info, what the booking agent does is he calls another bar in town or a hotel or someone with a room and says, hey, uh, do you want to do a comedy night? They say, sure. Then the booking agent tells all the comics, you work that guy's room and I won't give you fucking anything. In this city, you have to work my room. So he goes up direct competition and takes all the comics away. It's, it's a dirty fucking cutthroat business. Which I'm pretty sure is illegal. I think it violates... Free trade agreements, you know, getting getting somebody to do anything about it was nearly impossible. But yeah, although I do have emails from that, I, I have an email from a booking. This is a so I'm going to make a so City A has a booking agents club in it, and then a, a competition opened up, and he sent out an email. How dare competition come into City A where we've always had a club? How dare them? Don't work for the competition. Well, across in a different state, they there was a different club. Uh, and suddenly booking agents said, hey, we're going to put a club in to go competition with this one. And they sent out the same email like, hey, we're moving into this city. So if you work for the people that have always been there, then fuck you. You can't work for us. And they did it without any sense of irony or hypocrisy. Like, yeah, yeah we know oh. this just happened to us, but fuck you. We're doing it to someone else. Oh, which is that's par for the course. And, and they they do it with a big, fat, stupid smile on their face. Yeah. Jake, what's it like in New York? I mean, do you have, like, um, if you do this... Cl I mean, New York seems so big with all these... Everyone's doing showcases. Yeah, stuff. honestly, there's so there's so much out there that I, I don't think there's any real sense of that. I, I, I know people have told me that L.A.'s a little more like that. Um, there's there's enough clubs here, especially if, if you're talking the downtown area or, or, like, you know, Midtown, Times Square, that kind of thing. There's so many within walking distance of each other that it, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, if, if you try to make comics stick to one room, it, it wouldn't really work because there's so many rooms. It's just like, are, are, are they going to go to this room to see one 
fifteenth of the comics, you know, at, at, at like a big club. It's just it, it wouldn't make sense. On well, L.A. It was very clicky. I there was no I I never heard when I lived there any laws or rules. But it was just either you were a comedy store guy, an improv guy, or a laugh factory guy. And I don't mean improv like, hey, throw me a setting, porn store, ha ha wacky. I mean the the club chain, the improv. And people just sort of gravitated to where they wanted to be. But there was never any like, if you do this one, you can't do this one. Yeah, no, it's... Um, but do you find comics click like that? Do you find comics that say, I only hang out at the Comedy Cellar, or I only hang out at uh, Danger Fields, or do you find comics that just sort of... Or I is mean, there's, it, there's a little bit of that, but not too much, man. It's, it's, it's more about just trying to go to as many of them as you can, really. I mean, it's just the other extreme. Do you find anything that Shannon and I have been talking about uh, to be true in New York, where club owners keep you under their thumb or tell you, fuck you, or do they try and control what you say on stage? Because that's another thing Shannon put in his manifesto, is you'll get a gig... And, like, you'll get to the venue and they'll say, or as sometimes the booker is just like, oh, yeah, it's uh, December, which means there's a lot of holiday parties, so you can't tell these kind of jokes. And it's like, well, it's a comedy club. Either let people hear comedy, or like, either give me the heads up in advance. Or right, yeah, advance notice would be nice. Yeah, do you get any of that there? Or is it too, again, is, is it, I get the sense that New York is very comedy aware that it's just yeah like, pretty much i mean unless unless it's it's like you said they're booking it for a specific thing then yeah comedy clubs a comedy club a comedy show is a comedy show and so it it, it doesn't really matter you know i feel like uh, new york is is a, a comedy mecca to the it's actually still considered an art form there or as opposed to uh, in the midwest where it's an art form but like the redheaded stepchild of the other art forms of music. Well, right, right. Generally. There's so many people here that I mean, you can. There's enough people that are way into comedy that you can get crowds that are serious about comedy just because there's so many people. I mean, stand-up comedy is kind of a niche art form, but in a city of eight million people, there's still plenty of like hardcore comedy fans. Whereas they're kind of spread out in in, in like middle America, you know. Yeah, the thing about Middle America that really, I guess I want to say pisses me off is uh, when you do, you'll, you'll get booked at a one-night venue that does comedy once a month, or not even that. Like, I've done it in shit areas in North Dakota where they say, yeah, we do it twice a year. And I, tr I try not to be judgmental, but I am. You go to the venue and say 90% of the people are there and they're good people and they want to see comedy because they only get it twice a year and you're going to this little shit kicker town in North Dakota. But then you got the 10% the that sit at the bar and talk and they leave their back to you. And I yelled at a bunch of ones that were making noise. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I know that there's comedy here every fucking night and you only get to sit at the bar and talk once a year. But you, you know, I can't remember. But, and then that got a huge laugh. But it's like... I. I don't know where I was going with this, but when you said there are people that respect comedy, I just, I, I, if you don't respect comedy, that's fine, but don't be a dick about it. Just go to a different bar that night or don't go to a comedy show and be an asshole. You know, don't be that guy. Well, let's face right. it. I mean, the, the coasts are, are always going to be better for the arts in general anyway. And, you know, middle America, especially small town middle America, they're not, they're not big into change or conforming to anything outside of what they're what they're used to so yeah you know it's unfortunately that 
it, it, the thing that sucks is that those one night shows could be so much better if the pe- person booking it just took five minutes to explain to the people that they booked the show at that hey if you do this 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 and this it's going to be that much better of a show and people are going to enjoy it and they're going to come back for the next time you do the show right not as little instead things of saying like, just yeah instead of just saying send me my booking fee here yeah good luck. like like the main one is turn the fucking tvs off you know but the reason before I, I, Chan, or uh, Jake, you keep trying to jump in. What did you want to say? Oh, I was I was just gonna say it, it, it reminded me one time I did get booked on a show here in a bar um, where it was sort of put together by sort of a group of producers and then this one other producer guy, and the producer guy got basically a room full of people there. I mean, not like packed, but enough people for that room. But they he he set it up as a as as like a Christian mingle meetup. Oh, I remember you telling me about online. this. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And none of us knew that until about halfway through the show. <laughs> like he didn't tell anyone. And you said everyone was just sort of tanking, right? Like they were just getting stared at because they didn't know it was Christians in the audience. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I ended up going first, and it. it it was. I, I did decent under the circumstances, and then, then the next guy did too. But then after that, I mean, they, they were just tanking hard. I mean, like that, just that, that, that painful. Were science. they were Not, they doing a dirty shit or like anti-religious shit or just just in general? Or were by the end they were okay. once they figured it out. Well, because before I went up, I overheard the the people that were producing the show talking to that one other producer. And I mean, I just sort of overheard this, but the, I, I heard the producer guy say, well, they're not going to be like cursing or anything in front of them, are they? And I, I knew most of the people producing this show. I don't think they had a clean five minutes a- at all between <laughs> all of them. You know what I mean? So I, I was just like, well, that's that's not going to be good, man. And I even heard one of them sitting there going, I might as well go right the fuck home now, bro. And I, I heard him he kind of talk like that. And... So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll tread lightly. And, you know, so I, I, I did a pretty clean, like, I, I think I was only doing 10, 15 minutes, you know, but I, I did I did a pretty clean set. But they, they still kind of pulled back at weird spots. Just weird little, like, I, I don't even remember most of it, but there was one spot where I, I, I kind of went up and commented on, like, how, you know, there's a lot of women in the audience and that they they were good looking. I, yeah, I wasn't being dirty or crude or anything like that, it was, you know politely commented them on being a good looking audience and they uh they just got all like ooh, right like they just kind of looked at me weird and i was like all right well, that's kind of a weird that was just sort of me opening and and uh warming the room I, you know you compliment the audience that's yeah. fucking i don't know it was, it was weird and then and then it, it totally made sense halfway through we found out it was all like a christian mingle thing but going like Christian, to, Christians like being complimented. Christians don't like being told they're good looking. Sorry, Shannon. What? No, they don't. They actually, they that makes them very. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's yeah, they they get, they get weird. I mean, if it's if it's hardcore Christian now, now most Christian that, that people you would consider Christian, especially in, in a big city like this, they're not hardcore religious. But these people are on a Christian mingle meetup, and so yeah, they're really really all about the Jesus in every aspect of their life kind of deal. So well, it's, it's the mob yeah. mentality too. If, if, yeah. If, if right. one of them laughs and they like, Oh, 
uh, I laugh in front of the rest of these people, and now they're going to think I'm some kind of degenerate weirdo. Well, yeah, I mean, meetups are kind of weird. I've, I've done a few shows in front of crowds where some booker was like, I know, I'll, I'll make this as like a, like a meetup on just like a, like a social. Like on Tinder. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> Tinder, kind of like Tinder, but it, yeah, like, it, like, sort of just like, like a internet, almost like, like, like a singles meetup kind of thing. And even without the whole Christian Mingle thing involved. They tend to be weird crowds because they're they're kind of self conscious about laughing, and that that's not what, what you want, you know. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, I had a thought halfway through that one of the things I wanted the reason we have Shannon on is I wanted to talk about Shannon's lateral move. The reason I even thought about having him on the podcast is because of his his lateral step, and he had me up to uh, Minneapolis to do one. So you're going to start putting together your own shows, basically, Shannon. Is that yeah, that's my plan. I, now, I, how many do you want to do? Like, you have the, the one venue in Minneapolis. Do you want to do that several times a year? Or are you going to, like, try and branch out from Minneapolis and just, like, hey, I'll come do comedy at your place? I mean, where what what's the, the – do you have a grand uh, scale scheme here or plan? Just to, you know, reach as many people as I can as far as that want to hear my comedy uh, and that appreciate me coming there and, and basically don't shit on me before, after, or during the show, which I know is delusion of grandeur, but uh, <laughs> I like to I like to dream. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Minneapolis is obviously that's where I live. That's, you know, that was the place I started. That's why I have a lot of contacts there. And I, I can do multiple shows in Minneapolis and, and still draw pretty well. You know, I always try to bring somebody else in that, that I like and that maybe my fan base has not seen yet to try and hopefully, you know, get them to, to like what I like keyword because, hopefully well, we'll right. full <laughs> full uh, full disclosure uh, I did not I didn't tank but the the show that Shannon put on mostly friends and family showed up for because it was Shannon his brother and then me and Shannon how do you think you did were you I mean you did okay you did fine you didn't, I did okay yeah you but, didn't but, didn't get a home run but neither did I so Tommy his brother goes up between us it goes Shannon and then Tommy and everybody was there to see Tommy. And the entire time, Tommy talked about his infertility and he talked about his wife. Very funny stuff. I'm not taking anything away from Tommy. Everybody loved it. But everybody knew him that he was busting on his, his wife and what, you know, like they asked free. And then I get up and I'm telling jokes and they're all like, eh. You know, like they just, they, they all wanted to hear Tommy talk about his life. And it was not the best show I've ever had. I didn't fucking tank it. I didn't strike out, but I... I, I got on base, but that's about it. <laughs> well, you, you, you worked with what you were given. It, and it's, it, yeah, in, in that situation where you're following both Thompson brothers, and I'll tell you this, I always tank when Tommy's on the same show with me and it's friends and family because everybody, I, my whole life has been, everybody loves Tommy, and I'm kind of the, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of the, uh, the twisted weirdo of the family. And, you know, I just, I, it's funny. I had people come up to me after the show like, God, you really made me uncomfortable with some of the stuff you said up there. And I was like, well, that wasn't my plan. That just, I was going to say that. Though, when you would say something that was obviously jokey, um, people would laugh. But when you said something with a little bite, they pulled back immediately. And this is your friend. Like the, the, the comment I can think of is uh, Jake Shannon is married uh, to a woman that's divorced and had two kids. And at one point, I don't know the actual joke, but you said, well, you and your used kids. And I've seen that get a laugh in the past, and that night, 
because your wife was in the room, like everybody just sort of like, ooh, yeah. you know, like they, they just, yeah. <laughs> there was a, just a little bite to him saying that she came to the marriage with used kids and, and no, people didn't, they didn't go for it. They were like, that's mean. Whereas, Which is weird because obviously if he's doing that joke with her in the room, she's okay with it. She's cool with it. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to. Well, they they also know me well enough to know that I wouldn't have asked permission. I would just do it anyway. <laughs> so they, they they probably like, oh, that's going to get him in trouble. He's he's not going to enjoy the rest of the evening. Jake, and, do you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's uh, go ahead. I was going to ask Jake if he has any jokes like that about uh, his girlfriend because I have one that I don't really do anymore. This was years ago that I had it, and uh, it was a sex joke. And she, she knew I did it, and she was fine with it. She only asked me to pull it once, and I did, because I was we were doing a, a, a private show. Not a private. We were, I was doing a charity show uh, in her hometown, and she said, okay, you can do your entire act, but my grandparents are going to be in the audience. Just take this one out. So I did. Um, Jake, do you have anything like that? Now, now has, uh, has Kim ever asked you to take that out or not do any jokes? No, there were some other jokes I used to do that about her that I've that I, I've pulled because of uh, eh, just you know they they were right not, for the time and they didn't well, age yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. They, they had a shelf life and it kind of passed. All right, uh, talk amongst yourself for a second. I have to let my dog out. Yeah, Jake, uh, do you have any jokes that you pull when she's in the room or that you just don't do because she finds uncomfortable? No, not really. I even i I started doing a bit. For a little bit, of, not that long ago, about me passing out drunk and pissing in her bed three separate occasions. Is it? And, now, is this true? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely true. And, what does that do to a mattress? Oh, uh, she's got one of those plastic things over it. She because of you? No, I think she she realized I was a terrible alcoholic early on, and she wasn't taking any chances. You know? Now, does she have low self esteem? Why does she like an? Uh, are you a fixer upper? Does she look at you as like I can save him? Either low self esteem or a fixer upper. I, I'd like to think a little bit of both. Sure. We've turned um, this into therapy all of a sudden. Now, now I'm now I'm now I'm psychoanalyzing Jake. So anyway, you ha- you talk about peeing in the bed three times, and uh, sorry, I interrupted to to therapize you. Yeah, no worries. I not only I, I actually I did that joke in front of not only her but her parents when they were in town. Oh, and no, they, it went over really well. Oh, okay, good. She's got really awesome parents, um, and it's it's a pretty lighthearted joke. And I, I mean, I've. I've I've got other stuff about her, but it's not like dirty. It's not uh, right. Mean in any way. Yeah, my stuff wasn't mean. It was just dirty. It was just something I thought of involving our sex life. And yeah, that's that's when my wife said, "Okay, with my grandparents, uh, they don't need to hear about my sex life." So, well, uh, I suppose we could continue to talk horror stories or anything. We've hit our thirty-minute mark. We usually sign off around here. Shannon, are you back? Shannon's not back. Jake, I'm back. I'm oh, back. you are. Um, you know, so do you have anything you want to cap off? Like, I suppose this podcast, we didn't, is it's obviously a sort of behind the scenes comedy podcast. So say there are younger comics just starting out listening for any reason they stumbled across it, uh, advice, thoughts, or do you just let them find their own way? Well, everybody has to find their own way to a certain degree, but I, I can tell you this, uh, do it like you don't have to pay your bills by doing it. It's funny. That's that's the uh, as the advi- only advice I give the comics around here is they all say, what should I do? I said, don't quit your day job. And I don't mean that in the sense that you suck. I mean that in don't be beholden to 
comedy. Like, don't be a beggar because that's all you do is beg. You you go to a place, you do well, and then you beg to return. Yep. And it, it just it, it takes the power away from the from the comics to to know that their living is is in the hands of some shitbag who could care less about you as a person or as a comic. That all they care about is getting their next commission check. Yeah, and it's it's it's. It's really disheartening because, it, it, like you said up front, it's a, it's a boys' club out here. It's just, uh, oh, this guy's cool. Let's book him. And you know, I I had a couple of people, friends, managers of comedy clubs, that would get so angry when they would see certain people on the docket. They're like, I told them not to book him again, and they'd call and get in fights. And oh no, no, he's changed. He's much better. And then the guy would show up and just be a complete shitbag. But he's buddy buddy with the booker, and, and they would just be like, No, you can't fucking send this guy here anymore. That sucks, man. And, you know, uh, I don't really, I, I was, it would just take too long to go into. I mean, there's a self-awareness. Uh, I mean, we could, we could sound bitter and bitching and like, oh, we can't get booked. And someone could rightfully listen and say, well, maybe you're just not funny. But, I mean, having the three of us on here, this could be a circle jerk. But I've seen Shannon do really well. I think Shannon's seen me do really well. I've seen Jake be hilarious. And Jake's not even in on the, the bitching part, but... Right, you know, <laughs> it's it's yeah we yet, we could, yet yet yeah we could be circle drinking no, one another, but you know just Jake, do you have any advice for young comics that you'd uh, let fly? No, if whenever people ask me for advice, I try to just give them bad advice anymore. You know, <laughs> like I tell them to spend five hundred dollars on comedy classes. I tell them to uh, do lots of bringer shows where they got to get like fifteen of their friends to each spend a hundred dollars. I tell them to do bath salts. Um, <laughs> you um, want them to burn out right away. They don't. You you just try and get them out right away because you know that a slow death is all that's left if they actually go into comedy. Well, no, it's it's really more my my own vanity. I I don't want them to start after me, but then get further ahead of me at some point. So I just try to cut them down. Quick. <laughs> that's the worst thing ever. I had someone uh, on the way to or from Minneapolis last week, Shannon. I brought, uh, you know Travis Bales, right, uh, Jake? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took Shannon with me, to, or no, I took uh, Travis with me to uh, Shannon's show, and he did five minutes, did very well. Uh, but we're in the car, and he just casually mentioned a comic he saw on Conan the, a couple, you know, a while ago. He's like, oh, I saw this co- comic on Conan that was great. And I just sort of sat there, and I'm like, yeah, that comic opened for me two years ago, and... I don't want to say tanked every show, but did not do that well. It was one of those things where the comic got up and, and got chuckles and was doing very, like, eh, you know, jokes. And then I got up and did really well. And I got off stage like, wow, I'm so good. And then you have, not the ego moment, why well, I'm so good, but, you know, then last week to hear, oh, that comic got on Conan. And it's just, just yeah, yeah, you really, it, it hurts. See, it see, fucking see, hurts. I bet now you wish you'd have told him to do comedy shows and bath <laughs> Exactly. Right, comedy classes and, and I really do. And I wasn't mean to him. I wasn't like I said anything like you suck. I was very, you know, like, hey, how you doing? Let's hang out. You know, we're, we're here for the weekend. I try and be nice to everybody unless they're like a super douche. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just try and be a genial guy. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, wasting away in the in the Midwest. It's it's what a what a fun podcast this was. I'm glad Jake brought up bath, <laughs> bath salts at the end to at least get a little levity in here. <laughs> Is this when we all put our put our Nikes on and commit uh, suicide together? Yes, we uh, put the plastic bags overheads and we wear our jumpsuits. Was it the the jogging suits? 
Heaven's Gate. Oh, shit. they castrated yeah. themselves too. Dude. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, come out. Maybe we could just uh, drink Kool Aid. Let's Jim Jones at classic style. See, I don't know if I would believe a cult leader more or less if if he castrated himself. You know what I mean? Because on one hand, that's batshit crazy. But on the other hand, it's passion. It's what's up? It's passion, yeah. It's conviction, yeah. That's not just some guy making shit up so he can sleep with lots of women, you know? That's that's a guy who really believes in this whole uh, Jesus lives on that spaceship behind the comet or whatever. <laughs> that guy believes in that shit. He's not just trying to get me to fork over all my savings and then kill myself. This is a guy who has gone all in on the comet thing. That is a really good point. Unlike, uh, uh, what's his name? Was it Harold Camping who uh, predicted the end of the world in October a couple of years ago and uh, people were giving away their money or uh, some people were, but he apparently didn't. And then, you know, obviously the world didn't end. It's like, oops, people were really let down. Like, are, are you, come on, are you that stupid? But some people are. I like yours. If the guy is going to castrate himself, unlike some leaders that say, uh, like the one you talked about uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, like, you must all be eunuchs, you know, you can't, but I, I'm, I'm going to keep my dick. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not cool. I'm not following that guy. Yeah. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, metaphorically or whatever, he's a, he's a fucking dick. Well... All right, kids, uh, shannonthompson.org to read his manifesto, jakevever.com for whatever Jake puts on his website, nathantimmel.com for whatever stupid shit I put on my website. Uh, thank you for listening to what has probably been our most uh, depressing podcast. Even if it wasn't depressing for you, people probably tuned out at about minute 15. Like, are they ever going to do anything interesting or they're just going to bitch the entire time? Uh, but thanks for listening. If you made it all the way in, uh, you win a prize. Jake, what's their prize? Ah, uh, they get to castrate themselves and come live on the comet with me. Oh, that's a good prize. <laughs> I like that prize. Hold on, yeah. let me get my knife. I'm getting a knife too, Shannon. <laughs> thanks for sh thanks for coming on, Shannon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, bye, kids. Bye. Later.